Let's take just a minute to pray. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for this day and this time to come together and, and to just to, to worship you and to honor you. And, and Father, I want to lift up this country that we lift in, Lord, that we live in. Father, I thank you for this nation. I thank you for all the people here. I thank you for the honor to be here and to pastor in this country. But, Father, and I thank you a lot, mostly for the freedoms that we have. But I want to take just a second, and I want to thank each and every person, man or woman, that chose to give their life in our military so we can walk and we can have the freedoms that we have. We praise them. We thank them because, it, you know, it's a calling. You called them to be in the military, to put their lives on the line, and to give their lives so we can have and be the greatest nation that we are in. And, Father, we just honor them, and we honor you, and we just give you all the praise and all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Glory to God. Well, good morning again, Compass Church. Uh, and guess what? Tomorrow's Memorial Day. And that's a fantastic time, you know. Um, and, and I really believe that anybody that is in the military or in the law enforcement, they're called to that position. They are. They're called because, you know, it takes a special person that can endure what they endure on a day-to-day basis. Because, you see, they go out constantly and they're bombarded with the negativity of the world. Now, you know that just in your normal Christian walk, how every time that you go out and you're just your workforce and you're bombarded with just a little bit of negativity there, it pushes your what you believe from your Bible and everything, it pushes it to the back burner. Well, you think about how strong people have to be to go out there and combat that all day long, all the time, for their entire life and their entire career. So I honor all of those, all of those people. You know, they, are, they have a special, special place. And listen, we have freedoms in this nation that I think a lot, and a lot of people take for granted. And I've been to a lot of countries, and I suggest everybody go on a short-term missing trip. Because when you leave this country and you land in a nation where they take your documents and then you're at their mercy and you start to realize, uh-oh, you know, anything could happen. They can do whatever they want with me and there's nothing that I can do. And it doesn't matter who I am. You know, you start to think back on the, the freedoms that we have in this country. The rights that we do have as an American citizen. So, you know... uh and, and it's all because the, our military chooses to go and do what they do, sacrifice their lives so we can be the greatest nation and have the freedoms and the freedoms to serve and to worship God like we do. Guys, you just don't know how amazing that is. You know, when, when I, we go on a mission trip to different countries, the first thing we always have to do is we have to sit down with our, our uh, translators and all, and we have to decide, well, what is the process for sharing the gospel? Because, see, here you just share the gospel, even though that is being attacked every day now. But when you go in other countries, you've got to figure out how you can share the gospel, or you may end up in jail. You know, it's something we don't think about. Anyway, now, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't want to start off on a sour note, but that, it's, I just want to show you the importance of remembering those that, that sacrifice their lives. Amen. And it's a time, it's a time to celebrate. But before we get into that, I want to talk about something that I got to celebrate last week, and it was fantastic. Friday night, I got to spend a lovely date with, with Michelle. I didn't call her her nickname, though. <laughs> we actually got to celebrate 22 years of marriage. Woo-hoo! It's been 22 wonderful years 
for me, I don't know about for her, okay. but you know, I thank God daily for her being in my life. I really do. And I tell her all the time, and of course she she says no, but I tell her, I said, our kids are who they are today because of what you put in them. And I understand I play a part in that also, but guys, if you knew just a little bit of how much she puts and how much she sacrifices for our children, it's unbelievable. You know, it's, it's really unbelievable. And I just thank God for her and look forward to a hundred more years with you, you know, and <laughs> it's going to be good. All right. Well, all right. Memorial Day. All right. You know, that's a great day. It's a time what we talked about. Where we honor the soldiers that gave their lives. And, you know, there's going to be cookouts, parades, uh, parties, this, that, and the other. And a lot of people are here. They're gone now traveling from at the beach or maybe at the lake. And all that's good, but it's very important to not forget to remember, okay? And so I tried to think of a catchy name for this title, for this sermon. I didn't really come up with one, so I guess it would be Don't Forget to Remember. And you, after the service, you'll understand that'll make sense to you. But know that we need to remember and be forever grateful for the soldiers that, gave, that sacrificed their life. So we're going to talk about today forgetting to remember. And we talked a little bit about this last week when we, when we were talking about uh, when you go through situations, if you don't remember what you learn, a lot of times you repeat the situation. Amen? So let me ask you a question. Who in here remembers what I talked about last Sunday? Mm, now nobody's in trouble. It's okay. What about the, does anybody remember two weeks ago? Come on, that's an easy one. Mother's Day, right, okay. <laughs> what about Wednesday night dive? Any of you that were here? Anybody remember what Keith talked about? Yeah, Laurel knew that one. All right, listen, that's okay. I don't do that. I'm not saying that to condemn anybody. Listen, I have a hard time remembering what I had for breakfast yesterday. That's okay, but I wanted to make a point. I wanted to make a point. And today, I'm going to talk with you about the importance of remembering, okay, or being reminded of the truth. And being, in, in, in this aspect, I want to, I want to re- remember the things that God. Remember the things and the truths of God is what we're going to focus on, all right? So I'm going to read from Second Peter 1, verses 12 through 15. It says, verse 12 says, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities. Though you know them you are and are established in the truth that you have, I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon in our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me. And I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. All right, Peter's writing here. As you can see what he's, from what he's saying, Peter's getting old. All right, he's, he's got quite a few gray hairs. And God's letting him know, hey, you know, your time's running short. You know, it's, it's, it's about to come up. And, G, and Peter is looking back and he's thinking because he's a teacher. All right. He's a teacher. He's been teaching the Christian Jews. He's teaching, teaching, teaching. And, you know, as any of you that are teachers, you understand what you're teaching is important, and you want your class to all take in everything that you teach. Now, does that happen? No, it doesn't. But as a teacher, your heart is that's what you want. So that's where Peter was here. He wanted them, and he wants to make sure he knew that what he was teaching them was so important, and he wanted to make sure that they remember everything that he taught them. Okay? So... Today, I want to talk to you about some things uh, regarding remembering from what Peter said here. All right? So number one, all right, when it comes to being intentional about what you remember. See, remember when we, when we started this church and all along you've heard me talk about you have to be intentional with your Christian walk. 
That means there's going to be a little bit of work you've got to put into it. And that means that a lot of times you can't just live around, live your life floating on a cloud. Sometimes you've got to be intentional about making yourself do things, making yourself study the Word, making yourself take notes, making yourself listen to podcasts, all right, so you can grow correctly and grow spiritually, all right? So sometimes you have to make yourself choose to remember what you've experienced or what you've been through. So, Second Peter, in verse 12, it says, Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. All right, so Peter starts off verse 12 with a therefore. All right, any time, as a golden rule of Bible study, any time you see therefore, all right, you always ask yourself, what is it therefore? Okay, so we dug a little deeper, dig a little deeper here. So basically, in this case, Peter is saying he will always be ready to remind them. Because he knows the consequences of this truth. Amen? And in the verse preceding this one, we see the importance of putting the practice of God's truth first. Amen? So what was Peter doing here? He was, he was willing to remind them, remind them again, remind them again, remind them again and again, however often as they needed to be reminded. Amen? So why do you think that we, we as humans constantly need to be reminded? Hmm? I know as children, you have selective memory, you know. You're like, uh, why didn't you do the dishes? Ooh, I forgot. You know, why didn't you clean your room? Ooh, I forgot. Or even husbands, you know. I don't do that. You know, I really don't. I remember everything you say for me to do. <laughs> but I think if you simply, if you think about it, uh, simply put, we have memory leaks, okay? And I'm speaking for myself. The older you get, you just don't remember like you used to. And that's okay. That's okay. God knows that about us, all right? That's okay. So, and so, so, you know, tell yourself, it's okay, you're going to be all right, all right? God's in control, remember? So listen, while you may know the truth, understand, in this world, you are constantly going to be bombarded, all right, with worldly ideas everywhere you look, okay? People are always going to try to convince you of the newest fad, the newest trend, the newest thing, the newest great, greatest enlightenment that's going to save the world, okay? And you have to know the truth so you can make a decision. Because, see, if you don't know what you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, and why you know, if you don't know, then you're going to start questioning what you believe. Amen? And that's a dangerous place to be. You know, when our kids got to be about 13 years old, we sat them down and we asked them, I said, I need you to tell me why you believe in Jesus. And they... They answered the question. Took a little bit. They answered the question. And I said, well, I need you to show me in Scripture why you believe in Jesus. And, and, and you may be asking, why would you put that pressure on a child? It's because in, in this day that we live in, Christianity is being attacked left, right, front, rear, all the time, day and night. And if you don't know what you believe, and if you don't know why you believe, because listen, somebody's going to question you at some point. It's your workplace, at the grocery store, somewhere in your neighborhood. Somebody's going to question you. And if you are not 100% sure why you believe what you believe, you will give in. You will fall into it. You'll be insecure. You, won't, you, will, you, will, you will avoid the confrontation, and you possibly may listen to them and say, wow, that sounds pretty good. Then you start questioning your own beliefs. And that's a very dangerous place to be, very dangerous place. You need to know what you know. And why you know it. Amen? So, before we go on, I want to make another point about this verse. I love this. It says, it says, it says, they needed to be reminded even though they already knew the truth Peter was talking about. All right? 
All right, so let me just say this. Sometimes you'll hear me or some other pastor that you listen to, some other podcast, or you may read a book. And, and, and I do repeat myself a lot. And believe it or not, there's a reason for that. All right, the more you hear it, the more you're going to obtain it. But sometimes when you hear that, that rep- repetition, are you reading that? And you say, oh, I've read that a hundred times. I've read that a thousand times. What you have a tendency to do is have this attitude that I know it all. And then what you're doing, essentially, is you're reaching over there and you're flipping off this spiritual receptive switch. You're turning it off. And see, when you do that, just like Stephen said this morning, when you come in here, you need to be prayed up. You need to be expecting God to move and knowing that you know that God's going to show up one way or another in your life when you come in this building. Well, see, when you turn that switch off, he can't get anything through you. But when that switch stays on and you stay humble and you stay willing to learn and you stay searching and seeking after him, speaking into your life, he can, he can allow me to teach or speak the same thing over you a hundred times and you will hear it or he'll show you something a hundred different ways. Leave that switch on. Amen. Leave it on. All right? So Peter says that it's still important to be reminded of that which you already know. All right, we got that. All right, so next... You need to learn. You need to learn to stir yourself up. Okay? Remember I said you've got to be intentional about your Christianity. And it takes a little work. That means you've got to look at yourself. And you've got to see, some, you got to see where do I need to be adjusted? Where do, I need to, where do I need to change? What do I need to make myself do? Because you understand, when you change yourself, a lot of times you've got to force yourself to do some things. All right? You may not be a person that walks around and shows a lot of compassion. And you may not be reaping a lot of love from your family because you're not sowing a lot of love into your family. Come on. Well, then you may need to change that. So you need to intentionally stir that gift up in you. Start showing or sowing love into your family and you'll start reaping that love back. But look at verse 13. It says, I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder. All right, so Peter says, he says here, he says, a person may have heard the truth, may have been established in the truth, but not stirred by the truth. Okay? And that's a scary place to be. All right? You need to remember the importance of what you believe. Okay? I can't say that enough. Remember the importance, but you need to be stirred up and gripped by the reality of it, and you need to have such a passion for what you believe. See, that's where, that's where Christianity doesn't make as big of a, a, a momentum move as it should in, this, in, the, in, the, in our society today. It's because we don't have the passion you know, when we were in Ukraine, I guess it's been about seven years ago when we were adopting in Natalie, we were in the, the main city of, of, of Ukraine, Kiev, and then every night, they, about 9 o'clock, they would block the streets. And I mean, in the center, this is like, would be like Times Square. That's how big this city is. So they block the street, street vendors come out, musicians come out. And it was interesting. We knew they were about to do this because we were staying there for about a week, and so we knew this was happening. And they came out, and immediately the police would start barricading the streets. Well, guess who was the first ones? I mean, literally, they were waiting to get up and set up tents in the middle of these streets. It was the Muslims. They were, and they were everywhere because they had a passion for what their mission was. They had a passion for what they called their ministry to be. Amen? And I thought that was so interesting. Because we, we have lost that passion a lot in our, in our society. We need to get it back. We need to get it back, okay? So you need to be intentional about stirring up some things inside you, okay? Stir it up. Make it happen. Make it happen. Don't just sit back 
and just hope things happen. No, sometimes go out there and make it happen. All right? And sometimes you may need, you, you know, you may need to just go back and just simply in prayer and ask God to open your eyes and your heart to his truths in his word and ask him to show you what you've been missing. Amen? What you've been missing. Because listen, there is very little difference in the Christian church in the nation of Israel. All right? When you look at the history of Israel, you see a constant repetition, a constant cycle of forgetting to remember the ways of the Lord. Amen? I mean, look at the laps they made in the desert. All right? Over and over and over. All right? So, I want to look at another example in Deuteronomy 8. All right? Verses 1. It says, Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert for 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know that what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. All right, now listen, this was a, Deuteronomy 8 is an awesome chapter. Those of you that don't like to read, you should read it. It's really good. And it's a very important chapter. And it's important because it was written at a critical point in Israel's history. Okay? When you look at what's happening here, the 40 years in the desert is over. All right, that's done. Okay, the promised land stands before them. Okay? And Moses, what Moses is saying here, and actually his words, all right, in the whole chapter prove to be prophetic, not only for Israel's future history, but for Christian history as well. Okay? So what does Moses say here first? He says, be careful to follow every command I am giving you today. And what is the first command? He says, remember Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way. Remember, all right? At this point in history, <clears throat> excuse me, Moses was simply saying to Israel, don't forget. Don't forget how God led you. There was humbling times. There was hard times. Okay, there was good times. All right, but the thing is, God was testing them and teaching them in this way. Remember, we talked about that a little bit last week, about your seasons of life. Sometimes that's a, where you go through seasons where God will test you. And what is he doing? It's, you know, it's going to be, sometimes they're hard, but you're going to go through it. You've got to remember, he's in control. He's got your back. He's going to see you through to victory. You're going to make it through this season. You're going to stand in faith and believe him. Do all you can within your natural strength to take care of the situation, and then stand in faith and know that he's going to see you through. Amen? Don't forget this. Don't forget. And listen, it, and it's so easy for us to forget. You know, some of you may be feeling tired. You're feeling stretched out. But remember, remember, remember. And remember the path that God has used to teach you or to bring you to this point. Amen? And understand that the path of God, and I know this is preached against in so many places, but the path of God involves testing and trials, okay? It does. It involves testing and trials. All right, and don't ever, but don't ever forget verse 16, which says, any testing and humbling, any trial from God is to do good for you in the end. Amen? All right. I wanted to throw that one in there. So back to Peter. Let's get back to Peter. All right, I want you to... You need to learn to refresh your memory, okay? 
Look at verse 13. It says, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside for our Lord Jesus Christ had made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. All right, Peter was focused here. And he knew his time was short, all right? He knew it was short. God made, it, made that clear. And, and he realized that an important time was coming, and he was reminding the Christians of that, all right? So let me ask you this. What would you do different if you knew your time was short? You know, I think most of us, for the most part, we don't like to think about that, you know? And it's, I guess it's not a fun thing to think about. But I think one thing that we could all agree on, that if you do look at life that way, and you realize you had a short time, you'd be pretty focused on what matters, right? You would be. You would be. be. But see, what happens, especially in today's society, we have this attitude in, in, in thinking that we just have all the time in the world. We can just accomplish whatever we want, whenever we want. And then we become lazy. And not just lazy, we become hazy and unfocused on the things of eternity. All right? And that's not a good place to be. So, let's gain some clarity from Peter, who was focused on this. And what was he focused on? He was focused on using his time to remind Christians of the truth of God's Word. Amen? All right, so in Joshua 3... I love this. It talks about another miracle God performed. And some of you know this. But God made the Jordan River stop. He simply made it stop. Why did he do that? He made it stop so they could, they could make it across into the promised land on dry ground. All right? And then it's very interesting what God did here. God instructed Joshua to gather 12 stones. So Joshua had the 12 leaders, one from each tribe, to get they stoned from the riverbed and come to the bank, and they made a memorial, all right? So God instructed them to set up a memorial as a sign of remembrance. Important there. That's very important because it's a remembrance of what a God accomplished in their lives that day, all right? That's a perfect example for what we need to be doing. You need to be remembering the accomplishments that God has done in your life, always, always. Because God is good. He's a good God. He's so gracious to us. And you know, God, I think, understands most Christians have spiritual amnesia. And that's not... (laughs) I kind of threw that one in there. But really, some of us have spiritual amnesia. Okay? This is why I think He gave us memorials so we can be reminded. All right? And He commands us to do certain things that will serve as reminders. And this is why you have festivals, monuments, set holidays in place, always to be a reminder. So you can remember where you've been, what God brought you through, what God may have brought your nation through. Amen. All very, very important things. But it's not very practical or important to have spiritual amnesia, is it? It's not. All right. So I'm going to give you six practical ways to combat spiritual amnesia. And these are very simple. But I think if you, you, if you will grasp these and put them, to, put them to practice, it'll make a difference. So number one, start with thinking. All right, think, being intentional to think. All right, 
Just like I just said, you need to make yourself think and see where God has come through in your life. See where God has shown up. Answered a prayer, all right? Maybe, maybe performed a healing, all right? Whatever he, wherever he has come in and fulfilled a promise in your life. Psalm 77, 12 says, I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. All right? Think, 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 think. Make yourself think. And then number two, thank. All right? Be quick to thank God. Be very quick. All right? An attitude of gratitude. You know, I was walking out of Home Depot the other day. $5 bill laying on the ground. Picked up the $5 bill. Nobody around. Have no idea where it came from. Immediately thank God for the $5 bill. All right. Did God give me that $5 bill? I don't know. But I was blessed with the $5 bill, so I thanked him for the blessing. Small or little, be quick. I mean, small or large, be quick to thank him. Thank him for everything that he does, no matter what it is. All right. Have that attitude. Psalms 9.1 says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Glory to God. Now, number three. All right. After you've started thinking and you're actually seeing God move in your life, all right, and now you've got an attitude to thank Him for everything, all right, this is one of the very most and very important parts. Tell, all right, tell. We have got to have a passion for what the things of Christ. It should be coming out of us in our daily conversations. And see, we don't see that today. You see, most people want to just live a life on the line. So they go to work, and they live, during the week, they're over here with their buddies, and they're hanging out, and they're drinking, and they're partying, and they're maybe slipping up with some pretty foul language, this, that, and other. But then on Wednesday night or Sunday night, they come back over here, and then they want to be the Christian again. Now, I know that's nobody in here, but that's the way a lot of people do in society. All right? No, it shouldn't be that way. It should be, you should have such a passion for what God has experienced in your life. Such a passion for your testimony. Because that's what's going to change lives. You should have such a passion that it just oozes out of you. You remember I shared the story last week about the young lady that had such a passion for missions in China. Now, unfortunately, she made some choices and didn't make it there. But when she taught, It just came out. We didn't even have to ask where she was going because it was in her so much and she was so passionate about it. It just came out. Just like a tube of toothpaste. You know, you just squeeze it and it comes out. Well, that's what needs to be coming out of you. Amen. In your conversations, you got to be proud and you got to be bold. I love what Miss Lourdes was sharing with me. She had a situation, I think it was in her neck, that was was hurting and and she dealt with it for a little while and then she just got bold. She got bold about the promises of God and said, no, I'm not having this. I'm not having this. I'm not having this sickness come into my, into my own body. I'm not going to have it. And what happened, Lord? It's, it's gone, right? That's right. Praise God. Praise God. But listen, we need to be passionate about what we're doing and passionate about the things of God, okay? So, number four, traditions, okay? Now, I put this in here. And, and, you know, think about holiday and birthday traditions. Think about ways that we can incorporate ways to telling stories of God's faithfulness in your life. Amen. Celebrate things that God's done in your life. All right. And that's to be something that you have to be pretty intentional about. But the next one you've heard me say a lot since day one, since we started the church. And I put it down as transcribe. And that simply means keep a journal. And that goes back to what I've told you since day one. Write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down. And then check it off as God is answering these prayers. 
Check it off. Why? Because there's going to be days when you're just beat to the ground from work and you can't get to church. You can't get around anybody and you're pretty tired and you're pretty done. I've been there, been there, been there recently. And I have to go back when you can look at that and you can say, wow, you can see God showed up here. God showed up there. God showed up there. What happens? You start encouraging yourself and then you're quick to praise him. Thank you, Father. I know I'm going through this season. I know that you're going to see me to victory through the end. I know that you're in control and you have my back. Glory to God. You're encouraging yourself to help you make it through the season. And then you're just going to check the next one off your list. Amen. So keep a journal. And if you don't have a journal, come see me. I'll get you a journal. I can't tell you how important that it is that you keep a journal. Very, very important. And you know, and let me just throw something else out there really quick, a little side note. And it goes back to knowing what you know that you know. You shouldn't believe what you believe because I say it. All right? You should not. You see, I'm just a vessel that God called to teach, to lead, to guide you, and to help you any way that I can. But see, you should be taking notes, and you should be intentionally going home and studying it out, allowing God to confirm it to you. And then you understand why you believe. Amen? Amen. I'm not, I, it's not about me. It's not about me at all. So anyway, anyway, just, we just had to throw that nugget out there. Uh, get a journal. <laughs> all right, now the next... This is kind of, kind of silly, but it said, uh, I put down taste and see, all right? And this leads me to communion. And I couldn't think of a better time to take communion than today. You know, we're about to spend tomorrow honoring those that sacrificed their lives for us that we had, so we have the freedoms that we have. So I couldn't think of a better day than to take today and take communion and remember Jesus, remember why he died for us. Amen. And I mean, communion is one of the most profound ways of remembering and proclaiming Jesus Christ and what he's done. Amen. Because you see, you take the bread in one hand and then you take the cup in one hand. So all your senses are coming in, into play here. It's really cool the way it all, way it all plays out. So I'm going to close to service with us taking communion. All right, can I get a couple of guys to bring the table up here? Now we're going to do this a little bit different today. What we're going to do is I'm going to ask everybody to come up this way to the communion table, get your elements, and exit out this way. So if you're on this side, please come around the back, and let's try to do do this orderly. Grab your elements and go sit down and hold them, because we will all partake of them together. Amen? All right, so if y'all want to play just a little bit of music, we'll get the elements passed. Communion is one of the most significant ordinances of the church. That's why I like to do it a lot. Everybody's like, I've had people ask questions, why do you do communion so much? I mean, I mean, it's amazing. All right? It represents the broken body of Jesus Christ. All right? It represents the blood that he shed for you and I, for all of us. It essentially it signifies our union with him, and he's our very life. Amen. He's our very life. Now, before we take this, I want to read a scripture here. I want to read 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight. It says, Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat or drink from the cup. For those who eat or drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. All right, so as believers, we need to examine our hearts. 
all right, and prepare to receive communion. What does that mean? That means we need to take some time. We need to take a moment. All right, we need to make sure that we confess all sin, all sin, and allow, allow Jesus to come in and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we want to do that, and I want to say this. I'm going to take just a minute to be quiet, and I'm you just confess to God anything you need to let go, any unforgiveness, anything you're struggling with. But I want to say this. If there's anybody here that hasn't accepted Christ, I want you to come down front while we're doing this, and I want to pray with you really quick because that's important. This is for believers. Amen? So let's take just a minute, and I want you to examine your heart. Examine yourself. Whatever's in there, you need to let it go. Let it go. Ask forgiveness for it. So let's go. Let's do that now. Father, we just thank you. Praise you, praise you, praise you. Verse 29, it says, discerning the Lord's body. All right, what does that mean? That means to understand that his body was broken for our physical health. Okay, it was broken. When Jesus broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples, he was symbolizing his body that would be broken on, at Calvary for the removal of sickness. Amen? 1 Peter 2.24 said, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might have died to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Now, the cup represents the shed blood. Oh, listen, for a sacrifice to work in the old covenant, there had to be shedding of blood. But see, this represents the blood of Jesus Christ. And how great it is because... It ratified the new covenant. It did. And see, we live in a new, better covenant. It sealed the deal. It did. And that's what this represents. And you see, under the new covenant, as Christians, we have the privilege to experience forgiveness, but not just forgiveness of sin, but remission of sins. That's total cleansing, removal without any remembrance of it. Amen? Hebrews 8.12 says, For I will forgive your wickedness, and we'll remember your sins no more. So I'm going to read this. I'm going to read through 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. And I'll instruct you and we'll take the elements. It says, The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for me. Do this in remembrance of me. You may take your elements. same way he took the cup saying this is this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me you may drink the cup for whenever you do this you proclaim the Lord's death 
until he returns. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you. Thank you for your, who you are. We thank you for your... We thank you for Jesus Christ himself, the one who chose to come down and be to suffer unimaginably, to suffer and, and to give up his only life for each and every one of us, Father. We just thank you for that. And we, and we remember why he died. He died to cleanse us, to heal us, to put us in right standing with you, Father. Glory to God. How fabulous that is. We remember His love and His grace. Glory be, glory be. And Father, we just thank You for that. We thank You for Your Holy Spirit. We thank You that it comes. He comes and He strengthens our soul until the day that we get to see Jesus again. Glory to God. What a fabulous day that's going to be. Father, we just thank you and we give you all the praise and all the glory for all that you've done, all that you're doing and all that you're going to do, Father. And we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God.